Good morning, Tunisia, and welcome to Behind the Lights with me, Seb. And me, Jana. As always, we pay respect to the traditional custodians of the land where you're coming from, the Gadigal people of the Aurora Nation. Now, before we get into the sporting week, um, a sad note to start with, um, just to all those idiots that went out to the uh, anti-lockdown march in Sydney, um, disgraceful scenes over the weekend. And um, again, a call to people that we need to come together if we're going to defeat uh, COVID and, and get out of this lockdown. So, um, as I said, disgraceful scenes to see thousands of people marching the streets in Sydney. Um, and the way our police force was treated is is unacceptable. So hopefully, uh, as many people of those can be brought to some sort of justice and, and fined or or whatnot by our police force. But uh, as I said, a quick shout out uh, to Sydney Siders. As I said, we need to pull together to, to come out of this lockdown. So um, hopefully we don't see scenes like that again. But moving forward, um, sport never stops. Uh, in the NRL over the weekend, obviously in that Queensland bubble, uh, the Raiders defeated the Eels 12 points to 10. The Roosters defeated the Knights 28 to 8. Melbourne defeated Cowboys 20 to 16. The Rabbitohs thrashed the Warriors 60 points to 22. Seagulls defeated the Tigers 44 to 24. The Panthers had a tight win over the Broncos 18 to 12. The Titans defeated the Dragons 32 to 10. While the Bulldogs defeated the Sharks 44. Po- oh, Sharks defeated the Bulldogs 44 points to 24. The so top four stays the same, while the Roosters now only two points off fourth after their win and the Eels loss. So uh, that top four just tightening up a little bit, Jono. Yeah, top four tightening up. But what what's the best about this is you're coming into the end of the season and that top four is up for anybody. Um, anybody can essentially take it. And then that that eighth seed as well, it's such a tight race there at the top and bottom. So it just makes it even more exciting coming into the last couple of rounds here. There's only a handful. So really can swing anybody's way. It's do or die every single game in my eyes. So each game is just as, as important as the next. Um, and hopefully we see these teams kind of close out. But um, yeah, it's really good to see that there's battles at the top and also battles at that uh that eighth spot, the seventh, eighth as well. So it'll be really interesting to keep an eye on how it ends up in the last couple of weeks. AFL, Port Adelaide defeated uh, Collingwood 97 to 69. North Melbourne down Carlton 116 to 77. Brisbane defeated Gold Coast 120 to 71. West Coast defeated St Kilda in a close one, 94 to 86. Western Bulldogs defeated Melbourne in a top of the table clash, 85 to 65. Adelaide defeated Hawthorne 102 to 83. Sydney had another good win, defeating Fremantle 98 to 58. Geelong down Richmond 95 to 57. Or GWS defeated Essendon 66 to 51. Western Bulldogs go topped, go top, followed by Geelong as Melbourne slipped to third. GWS Giants are also back in the top eight after their win over Essendon. So again, Jono, that battle for the top eight, nice and tight uh, down near the bottom of that of that eight there. Yeah, definitely nice and tight. But I, I think for me as well, that some of the biggest news coming out of AFL is um, the contingency plans essentially that have been put out and kind of discussed as well as where the uh, grand final is going to be played. So it'll be really interesting to see. Um, essentially, that kind of is dependent on how well uh, Melbourne can contain the spread of COVID. Um, but it'd be really interesting to see if uh, potentially it looks like WA might be the front, front runner at this point uh, to host the AFL grand final. So it'll be, um, it'll, be, it'll be a thing to keep an eye on to see if it moves out of Melbourne uh, this year. Yeah, we'll certainly be interested in both in the NRL and AFL where those grand finals may be hosted this year. It's football silly transfer season. And it's well and truly underway. The report's coming out that Harry Kane 
is going to move to Manchester City in apparently a $160 million uh, deal, 400000 a week he'd be earning at City. Nothing has come out um, officially, though, so still a rumor. The other rumor is Jack Grealish also could be moving to Manchester City. Jono, if City get both those players, man, they're going to be hard to stop. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if especially even if they get one, if they get both as well, it's just, um, yeah, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. I mean, if they get somebody like Harry Kane as well in particular, they played without an out-and-out striker majority of the year. So now they get probably the Premier League's best striker in on their team. That's just that's just going to put them up another level. And if they can get Grealish's uh, creativity and, and ability to hang on to the ball with um, De Bruyne's essentially ability to pass, they're just going to be... Um, yeah, a bit of an unstoppable force. So we'll see what happens. And we'll also see, keep an eye on who they potentially will have to get rid of essentially to make room for those players too. Um, Cause that'll be interesting as well. Those destinations for those players that unfortunately they probably will have to unload um, to, uh, to bring those names in. So really uh, interesting thing to keep an eye on. In a little bit of other football news, Jaden Sancho officially became a Manchester United player over the weekend as well. <laughs> well, in a bit of bizarre news, not sure why this happened, but Ole Gunnar Solskjaer signed a new <laughs> three-year deal with Manchester United, keeping him there till 2024. Your favourite. Not sure, not sure why the club needed to uh, do that deal now. He did still had uh, one year left on his deal. But anyway, the pressure is on Solskjaer to deliver trophies this year. So we'll see how uh, Manchester United and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer go. NBA, a little bit of old news, but congratulations to the Milwaukee Bucks for winning their first NBA championship in 50 years. I know it's a little bit of a sore point for you, Jono, but uh, Giannis and the Bucks were immense over the uh, six games, obviously winning the best of the seven 4-2. Yeah, I mean, congrats to Milwaukee. They, Giannis in particular played excellent. And what they did is they just had a different player essentially step up every single game. Giannis had a pretty consistent performance and then a couple monster games. Those games that he wasn't have a great game in his eyes is, you know, 40, 50 points when he was having an average game of 30 points or something like that. Somebody else still stepped up as well. And that was the difference. I mean, I think Booker and the Suns played great. Um, they had some great games, but the difference was, is the Bucks just had consistency throughout in terms of those last four games and just hammering the Suns um, every single night and just putting the pressure on them. Um, but great season for the Suns and even better season for the Bucks. Congratulations. It's great to see Giannis get that ring. Um, and the future's bright for him in the Milwaukee Bucks, and hopefully we can see another one. So something to keep an eye on, and um, hopefully them Phoenix Suns are back in the finals next year. Mark my words, we'll be back eventually, all right? Yeah, no, great to see. It was a great series, um, and I'm sure the Suns will be back uh, to fight again next year. In a little bit of future Olympic news, congratulations to Brisbane on being awarded the 2032 Olympics and Paralympics. Um, some, some great news for Brisbane and Australia um, for future Olympics. Now we've waited a while for this one, Jono, but finally Tokyo 2020 or 2021, depending on how you want to look at it, has kicked off. Um, and as we've obviously discussed before, no crowds, unfortunately, um, at this year's Olympics, but um, already over the first few days, there's been some great highlights and some great performances. We'll start with the swimming. Obviously, already some great gold medals won. So American Chase Kelly's claimed the first gold medal in the swimming after taking out the 400 meter medley final 
in an amazing swim, 18-year-old Tunisian Ahmed Hafenau from lane eight took out the men's 400-meter freestyle final. So a, a bright future for that young 18-year-old. Host Japan won its first medal as Oshie Yu won gold in the women's 400-meter medley final, while the Australian women's 4x100-meter freestyle team smashed the world record clocking a time of 3.29.69 to become the first team to ever go under 3.30. So they claim gold in that. In some other big ones, 100-meter butterfly, Adam Peter continued his dominance um, as the Great Britain swimmer won gold. While the 400-meter freestyle women's, it was called the showdown between Ariana Titmus, the young Australian, against possibly the greatest swimmer we've ever seen or American swimmer here in champion Katie Ledecky. And Titmus came on over top to claim gold from Ledecky. It was Ledecky's first loss in the individual event in Huge. the Olympics, which is quite amazing. Um, while your boys, the men in the 4x100-meter freestyle USA, came out on top, dominated that event, while Australia claimed bronze. So um, some great swimming already, Jono, um, early on in these Olympics. Yeah, some huge results. And, I mean, it's been nothing but entertainment. This, in entertaining the swimming. Um, you had everything but, you know, a little couple upsets. Um, you had a couple favorites, of course, uh, getting their wins. But, yeah, some of these um, some of these swim meets have just been um, incredible. And as you said, congrats, Titmus, uh, for essentially um, beating out Ledecky there. That's that's huge for the young Australian, a very, very bright future. Um, and then also the um, Australian women's team to, to go in and break their world record, essentially, in the way that they did. They were just clear cleared the pack basically. And they was just, they were swimming against themselves at that point. So hats off to them. Um, and then I'd love today, the, um, the, uh, the gold, uh, the, the relay for the, for the men's, um, the freestyle relay, that was just great to see uh, the USA team kind of take it. And even the, uh, the Australians getting that bronze there as well. So that was really good for them too, but, um, all around all the action in the pool has been great. Um, I think it's been nothing but entertainment and we still have more, which is, which is, um, which is even better. Um, there's a lot more to come, Ledecky, a lot more to come. Um, so it'll be really, really good to see just more medals tally up and just to see a lot of these young swimmers as well perform. There's a lot, a lot of young um, swimmers still essentially in their teens. Um, so it's really great to see them even um, competing, getting some golds and even getting in there um, and getting on the medal podium as well. So it's just been incredible uh, scene so far in the pool for me. Yeah, well, Titmus and Ledecky will uh, face off again in the 200-meter freestyle. So hopefully we'll see, could be seeing another cracking final between those two. In the football, um, the Matildas facing a huge clash tomorrow night, Australian time, against the USA. Uh, you'd say winner will take all, will go through automatically. Um, potentially a draw could be good enough for both those teams. Obviously, USA losing their first game against Sweden 3-0, but bouncing back in style as they beat New Zealand 6-1, while Australia defeated New Zealand in that first game, but lost to the Swedes in the second game. While on the men's side of the draw, the Oli Roos went down to Spain 1-0 after their huge 2-0 win over Argentina in the opening group match. A draw for the Oli Roos should see them through against Egypt in their last match. But, um, Jono, the football has been entertaining. Plenty of goals. Um, the defending has been a le- little bit left to desire in some teams, but um, but plenty of good attacking football. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, the goals have just uh, been incredible, and some of the actual finishes as well have just been next level. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess uh, for for the Australian um, men and women's, it's it's essentially they need to come out with a, with a big win for both of them. Um, Team USA for the women's side. Um, really needs a good result as well after a very, very shaky start. So it'll be really interesting to see how uh, how essentially all these teams react. 
But um, yeah, the football has been great in terms of just pure goal scoring ability. As you said, yeah, defending has kind of been left at the door. It seems like in most cases, there's been some high scoring affairs, um, which you don't always see, especially international level. Um, but it's been great to see. And in particular as well um, for the men's, you know, it's, it's under 23s in the most part with a couple older um, senior players. So it's good to see a lot of young talent out there producing um, on this level and getting their opportunity when typically they wouldn't have an opportunity to represent um, their national team. So it's really good to see that. And then it's great to see on the women's side, those familiar faces, just battling it out again and just um, showing the world why they are the best at, at, at football and, um, and producing the best results in my eyes. So it's been great to see. Brazil also looking good on both the men's and women's side there. So they, I think, will go deep as well. In a bit of upset news, Ash Barty, unfortunately, was knocked out in her first round match at the Olympics against 48. She lost against 48th-ranked Spaniard Cerise Torrio, 6-4-6-3. So maybe a little bit of a hangover from Wimbledon. So unfortunately, Ash's Olympic campaign ended a little bit earlier than expected. In the basketball, the Boomers had a good first-up win over Nigeria, 84-67. But what happened to the Dream Team? USA losing to France, 83-76, to snapping a 25 Olympic game winning run for the US dating back to 2004. While Slovenia in their first Olympic Games or Olympic basketball Olympic Games defeated Argentina 118-100 to with NBA star Luka Doncic starring for the Slovenians. But uh, USA, John, the big storyline out of the basketball at the moment. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, the, for for the team USA for the basketball, it's just it comes down to just recognizing that you know what the United States is not just a single powerhouse anymore in basketball and world basketball, and that they need to realize that all the other teams now are, are here to play and they have potentially a chance to win. And it's everybody else's levels has gotten better over the years. Where you know what the USA is still producing top notch talent, but they need to play at a higher standard when they come into these international games, because I don't think it just, it, in my eyes, it just shows that they're not, they were not ready for these kind of challenges and they were taking everything way too lightly. So it's really time for the United States to step up and wake up and step up to these challenges. Um, because with the quality in, in what they have on their, on their squad and the depth that they have, they should not be losing these games. But again, Hats off to all these other countries out there, because like I said, the standard just keeps on raising for all these other countries out there and they keep on being able to challenge. And as you can see, not only challenge, but beat the United States in basketball, which, you know, when, when you think about it in, in the in the sports world of basketball, the United States are, are the kings. And so now what it's showing is, is that, you know, they're thrones up for grabs right now in my eyes. And um, it'll be really interesting to see how they bounce back to this because they struggled in the exhibition matches as well. Um, and now they're struggling in the tournament. So it'll be really, really interesting to keep an eye on them. But hats off to the rest of the teams because they're performing at great levels in my eyes. Well, the pressure is now on the USA going into their second group match. A bit of gymnastic news and congratulations to Australian Tyson Bull, who qualified for the horizontal bar final. Um, he scored 14.433. Oh, 14 personal best was good enough for him to qualify for the final. So good to see that. And American star Simone Biles has started her Olympic campaign uh, she'll be with her USA team as they qualify for the team's final Tuesday time, Australian time. Uh, a little bit of surfing news, Steph Gilmore. Um, a bit of an upset here. Didn't make it through to the quarterfinals, but uh, Sally Fitzgibbon um, did make it through for the Australians. So good to see. And a couple of shout-outs to a couple of young stars. 12-year-old and the youngest athlete at the Olympic Games, Hand Zaza from Syria. Unfortunately, she was knocked down the preliminary rounds of the table tennis, or the women's table tennis. But unbelievable to see a 12-year-old competing at the Olympics. But even in bigger news, 13-year-old 
skateboarding, obviously making his debut here at the Olympics. 13-year-old Momji Nishi from Japan won the women's skateboarding gold. So, Jono, a couple of young superstars uh, potentially uh, there that will hear those names for many years to come. Yeah, that's um, that's incredible to, um, no matter the sport, to get to the Olympics at such a young age and to have that discipline to be able to want that at such a young age as well. That's just absolutely incredible and achievement on their own. And then to be able to medal at the Olympics as well, it's just another level too. Um, so hats off to the young, um, the young skateboarder there. I even hats off to the young tennis, uh, table tennis player as well for getting there. Cause like I said, that's incredible to even get there and then to be able to perform just another level at such a young age. That's that honestly, that is just so young to be competing against people who have been doing that for probably double their age. So it's just absolutely incredible to see that. And yes, the future is definitely bright in particular for those athletes. So I'm very excited to see, uh, them in plenty more Olympics to come. Well, as always, the Olympics delivering great storylines, um, obviously great individual and team efforts. But unfortunately, there's also been a bit of controversy which has erupted um, in these first few days of the Olympics, um, centering around the Matildas, so the Australian women's football team, um, as they posed with the Aboriginal flag um, in their first game against New Zealand, obviously uh, standing up for or against racism. Obviously, we've seen... Uh, Many of the female football teams, including Great Britain, USA, Sweden, New Zealand, all taking a knee um, before kickoff to obviously unite in that fight against racism. Um, but Matildas holding that Aboriginal flag caused a bit of controversy back here in Australia. Obviously, there were there were some social media comments that obviously were floating around criticising this move by the Australians, as well as our former One Nation leader, uh, Pauline Hanson, coming out and claiming uh, the team um, was a sl- it was a slap in the face to all Australians, and that they were hijacking the sporting competition while obviously bringing politics into the sporting arena. Um, interestingly, the IOC, so the International Olympic Committee, backflipped on a decision um, only a few days ago that uh, allowing social media teams to now show athletes kneeling. Um, originally, they'd come out and said no photos or no uh, media was allowed to be shown of these athletes. Uh, kneeling. Obviously, the IOC has relaxed on Rule 50, um, which had previously forbidden athletes to make any kind of demonstration, uh, political, religious, or racial propaganda in any Olympic sites, venues, or other areas. Um, obviously, this is not the first time we've seen the Olympics used as a little bit of a, I guess, a, a political stance um, against injustices. Jono, as an American, what did you make of the, I guess, the controversy around? the Matildas holding the Aboriginal flag and obviously representing um, for many, a dis, I guess, a disenfranchised uh, people in this country and obviously a, a, a people that have faced um, much hurt over the years. And obviously the Matildas trying to bring that to the fore and really standing up for, for not only the Aboriginals here in Australia, but obviously the teammates um, also that have got, obviously got Indigenous background. Yeah, I mean... From my from my point of view, I mean, hats off to the Matildas for 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 doing that. Um, I think it was it was great for them to to take a stand and, and to essentially um, show that flag at the at the Olympics because what it's showing as well is that Australia is not just made up of let's say quote Australians, but also those native people and those indigenous people who have been been here years before um, what is recognized as Australia. And I think as well that one of the biggest things as well about this is that um, the great thing that the Matildas did is that in terms of you know, holding this flag and taking the picture of it is that it was 
um, inclusive of all those teammates who do come from that indigenous background. And what they did was, is they consulted with them and asked, what would you like to do as well to represent, you know, where you come from and, 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 and your heritage as well. And so I think that was a really good sign of inclusiveness as well as that it wasn't just a decision made, you know, as, as, as one or, 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 you know, the Australia, Australian team thinking, oh, what can we do to appeal to the masses? It's a decision made by those within the team as well. Um, that was a really conscious decision. Um, so I did, you know, I do think that that was really good for them. I do think that the one thing that kind of came out of this as well, for me personally, um, that I questioned a little bit was in terms of prior to kickoff, you know, we have multiple teams kind of taking a knee, um, you know, a couple seconds before a lot, of, as you've seen all the other teams kind of kneeling together along with the referee taking, taking a knee against the racial abuse. And, you know, the Matildas decided not necessarily to take a knee, but to link arms in, in terms of unity um, to show some unity. Now, for me, I'm just not sure as to why they didn't take a knee and link arms. Um, they could have definitely, you know, linked arms while taking a knee. So for me, I was questioning that a little bit um, in terms of, of, of why they did not partake in that. And they just decided, you know, of course, to take the photo, which was fine. Um, but overall, you know, having them represent that flag is, I think, um, a, a great thing. Um, I think, and like I said, it was really great for them as well to have the ability to, to reach out to those on the team and really have that discussion around what they want to do and have them kind of lead that approach. Um, and I think that's just what needs to happen as well uh, more often is have that discussion um, around everybody with your team and, and what everybody feels comfortable doing as well and making sure that everybody's proud of what they're doing and the actions that they're taking prior to these games. Um, so overall, I guess um, hats off for the Matildas for doing that. Yeah, I agree with you, John. Obviously, uh, when we first saw that image, and obviously you didn't see the Matildas kneeling in unison with the New Zealand team. Um, obviously, I, my, I myself questioned uh, the reasoning behind that. Obviously, it came out after the game, and, and Sam Kerr yeah. did address it after the game as to the reasoning as to what um, the reason they had done what they did. Um, and I think they should be applauded for for the stance they took. And, and obviously, um, as you said, it was a, it was a discussion within that team. So. Yeah. Um, it's great that they're thinking about those issues and it definitely was something the team were in unison about. The criticism that has come against the Matildas has been is absolutely ridiculous. Oh. Um, and again, it shows you the underlying uncomfortableness in a country like Australia when it comes to facing up um, to our racist past and, and sort of where we're heading as a country. Obviously, people like Pauline Hanson and, and whatnot are always going to come out against statements like that and, and if anything showing the indigenous flag or standing with the aboriginal flag i think is more unifying than anything yep. a team could do regardless if they, even if they had the australian flag because i think um for too many years the aboriginal flag has been pushed to the side anyway there's still a battle to get it onto the harbour bridge here in sydney which is still unbelievable why it's not flown at the harbour bridge and and the many years of of uh well, I guess crucifixion and, and sort of pain that the Aboriginal people have had to go through, um, I think was a really brave move. And I think it was a really, um, I think it was a great move by the Matildas and the organisation to, to stand behind that flag. Um, as I said, I think the criticism is ridiculous, but I think it also shows the immaturity um, that runs through this country. Um, and when it comes to our sporting teams, as much support as, as they did get for, for what their stance was, um, the backlash also also shows um, our inability in this country to to link sport and politics, which 
we've continually said they are linked. They are, sport brings out sometimes the best and worst of, of people and humanity. Um, and politics is linked in that. And I think sport can pave a way and, and be, and be used as a, as a for as a, you know, as a foreground and, and as a, a forum to really speak up against injustice because so many people tune in how many eyeballs yeah. would be Matildas have hit that night, especially yep. not just through television, but through social media um, and, and whatnot. And Matildas are one of the most popular sporting teams in this country. So they yep. will, what actions they take will be focused on. As I said, John, you, you sort of said from, from obviously your point of view, obviously being an American, um, how has America, um, obviously there was a lot of controversy when, the USA women's team knelt originally Megan Raponia being a huge advocate and leader of that movement. How has the reaction been in the, the USA? Has there been a reaction to the, to the women's team kneeling um, at this Olympics? Yeah. I mean, um, there's definitely, there's definitely a bit of a reaction, but I do think that as you kind of touch on the difference is that I don't, Australia is just still uncomfortable with the idea of um, sports stars taking a political stance I think it's a little bit different in America that, you know, things have, um, you know, athletes have taken a political stance uh, years back. You know, you even look at what Muhammad Ali, you know, what he stood for. One of the probably the greatest examples of that really standing for his right and what he believes in. So in a sense, America has been not used to, but, you know, has more examples of politics mixing with sport. Um, but now, of course, that doesn't lead to, you know, huge divides when these kinds of instances happen. And, and you know, in particular, the, the, um, the U.S. Um, women's national team, you know, when they originally did kneel, there was huge controversies around that as well. Backlash from one side and then huge support from the other. So, you know, it, it does it does sometimes, you know, divide people. But again, it's it's a lot of times the ones who are just that, you know, you realize that they're just uncomfortable with understanding you know they don't want any understanding of why they're doing it they don't they just don't want it they, they don't want to fully understand what is happening because in their mind they're right and people shouldn't be doing this and you know what what's wrong with what's with what's going on right now you know they don't want change essentially and that's what they're scared of and for for me you know all these people who are having a bit of backlash for what the matildas did as well is they just not record they're just the inability to recognize that things need to change um and I think it's the same thing that happens in America, same thing that happens all across, you know, most countries in terms of when you see major athletes or sporting codes, uh, more individuals in, in any sense taking a stance and you have that backlash. It's again, that inability to want to change and recognize that there is a need for change and recognizing that need. Um, but yeah, I do think that the major difference between America and Australia in terms of the rea overall reaction is there's still the comments, you know, here around, the whole not mixing politics with sports and taking a stance and, you know, in these kind of moments and everything. Whereas I think in America, a little bit more so it's, it's not that it's been normalized, but it's a bit more acceptable, I would say by the by the vast majority, um, just because there has been such prominent athletes taking a stance for what, what is right. And really honing that in that they're going to utilize the platform to the best ability. Cause as you said, you know, in particular, Matildas are one of the most popular teams going to the Olympics in terms of Australia. So they have a really big opportunity to capture a huge audience. Um, and so, you know, I'm, I'm happy that they did. Um, and I think it needs to continue to happen as well, especially um, in these instances when it when it is essentially for uh, a good cause and what and in showing that change does need to happen. So I think it's I think it's great and hopefully continues. 
Yeah, interestingly, this uh, I guess this latest race controversy surrounding the Matildas uh, has come on the back of the release of uh, documentary The Ripple, um, which actually explores racism in Australian sport and centres on the former AFL and security legend Nikki Winmar, as well as other high-profile leading Australians and athletes. So I guess uh, what it's indicating is that this discussion still needs to be have yep. be had, um, and we are still very short of coming together as a nation and really understanding um, how we move forward as a collective, because I still feel we are not a collective. We are still very fragmented. Um, and as this has shown again, people do not want to face up to things that make them feel uncomfortable, unfortunately. Um, but that is going to be the only way that Australia moves forward and, and heals um, a past, which does have a bloody, it's a bloody past and a, and a violent past. So um, I encourage teams such as the Matildas and other high-profile, not just sporting teams, but other high-profile business, whatever whatever world it is. Yep. Um, but at the moment, I guess sporting teams within this country play a significant role and they also draw a significant audience which can bring to the fore these important issues which need to be discussed and which need to be explored rather than just ignored um, and swept under the rug. In terms of the IOC, Jono, I mean, that's another sporting body which has got huge question marks over the over it. What did you make of their backflip in regards to the social media um, teams now allowing or now allowed to show images of, of people kneeling? But originally that wasn't the case. Yeah, it's just, it's um, <laughs> it's crazy in my eyes, the, the back and forth flip-flop. What, you know, what what does that really make you look like? You know what I mean? Like as, as an organization and and to also... You know, be you know when you look at the Olympic Committee as well, it's very different from any other particular sporting code because they're not just representing essentially you know one country's uh, sports or anything like that. This is essentially the world sport, and even more so than let's say like the World Cup and things like that, because athletes are really coming from everywhere and all do have different beliefs and things like that. And I think that they should be able to allow these athletes to express themselves in the way that they want to, and not essentially silence that. What they were doing by banning that was essentially silencing that. And again, going back to the points of, you know, not accepting change, change isn't going to happen when people stand silent. Change is only going to happen when people voice and speak up against what's wrong. So essentially what, what, what they were doing was they were trying to silence people, you know, and, and that's just completely wrong because again, it's not that everybody comes in with a political agenda or anything like that, but allow these athletes to express themselves in a free manner um, and not silence them from the get go. Um, so, you know, and I guess in a sense, it was good to see them flip back to, to allowing that, but incredible to kind of see that back and forth, back and forth. I think that just looks absolutely terrible um, for them. And um, I, I just wonder what goes on behind the scenes in terms of when they have meetings, you know, and the, and the debates that goes on with this and, and the decision-making process. Um, but um, I guess good in the end to kind of see them be able to, to post about these now um, via social media. So good result in that sense. Yeah, I think finishing up on this, I think the Olympics um, is a platform to obviously bring the world and the world community together. It's it's about connection. It's about celebration of obviously these great athletes, but also the stories behind these athletes and these teams and, and some of the countries um, and struggles that these athletes and sacrifice these athletes make to even be competing at the Olympic Games. Um, as we've said, obviously, we've seen some amazing um, athletic performances over the first few days, but I think... What must not be forgotten is is the continued injustice that continue in this world. And obviously, 
COVID's running rampant in Japan right now. Obviously, that it's it's you can see it when there's no crowds there. It's pretty. It's obvious uh, what's happening over there. So we also must not forget that Japanese people at this time are struggling. Many of the Japanese people don't want the Olympics at the moment. So um, I think it's important that that athletes, if they feel strongly about an issue, continue to be allowed to speak up and bring in injustices to the fore because sometimes that is the only way change or real change can be made. So um, hopefully athletes, as I said, continue to, to feel like they can use their platform and their very powerful platform to uh, to bring some of these injustices to the fore and, and hopefully we see some real change, not just on a local and, and national level and but also on an international level, um, especially at these huge sporting events. Yeah, I mean, as you said, the Olympics is an opportunity to really celebrate these athletes for all that they are, their their past, present, and future, essentially. So let's not let's not silence these athletes. Let's allow everybody to express um, express everything from what they want to um, from the get go. And again, let's also acknowledge the fact of what is going on in Japan and the struggles that the Japanese people as well are going through at this point in time, and quite potentially the divide that this Olympics is causing as well. So um, definitely. Uh, you know, we, we love, um, seeing these athletic performances, but, um, but we definitely want to uh, not silence any, any side of it, whether that's the people in Japan or the athletes as well competing. Absolutely. Well, we'll land on a bit of a lighter note. Um, obviously our five quick questions this week, Jono will be asking me, we ready to go, Jono? Yeah, let's do it. You ready? Let's go. All right. First one's going to be a prediction. Um, will the bucks be in the NBA finals again next year to defend their title? Ooh, I'm going to say no. Ooh. I just think depending on, there's obviously some huge trade rumors, depending on if Damien Lillard ends up at a super team. Yeah. yeah. Um, I expect the Lakers to come back stronger, the Clippers. So I'm going to say no, unfortunately. I'd love to see Giannis do it, but I just think it's going to be tight again next year. Yeah, and then Brooklyn Nets as well. You can't count them out. So it'll be really interesting. Yeah, you can't. I'll give, you a, I'll give you another prediction here. So the Tampa Bay Buccaneers just got their Super Bowl ring, which had 319 shining diamonds on it to signify their 31-9 to score. Will Tom Brady get another shiny ring next year? Is he going to take home another Super Bowl? You never say no against Tom Brady, but I am going to go say no. I think Tom Brady won't win it next year. I think we'll see, uh, we'll see potentially another winner next year. I think he will go close but not next year. Still crazy to have a ring with 319 diamonds on it. Just absolutely insane. Um, next question is, what was more impressive? The young Australian beating Ledecky in the 400 free or two 13-year-olds winning a gold medal and silver medal for skateboarding? Um, obviously, as much as the 13-year-olds was a phenomenal effort. Um, I'm still going to have to say Titmus in the uh, 400 meter freestyle final to beat Ledecky, yeah, yeah. Um, who even Phelps came out during the week to say she is the goat. Yeah. And that is, if Phelps is saying it, then uh, <laughs> it must be some swimmer. And, and Ledecky, she'll win some golds this stuff. Uh, she's already still in the 200, 800, and, and 1500, I think. Um, I think to, to overcome Ledecky at Olympic level, remember this was Titmus's Olympic debut. Yes, she's yeah, world think- champion. Yeah. Olympic debut, a twenty-year-old, um, I think was just an amazing. I mean, it was an amazing swim. Yeah, I think in terms of the competition that you're going against, um, I'd have to agree with that one. Next question: What sport have you been most impressed with by the overall quality at the Olympics? What have I been 
I'm going to go a little bit of so obviously the obviously your big sports are always yeah. great to watch, but I've loved watching the skateboarding was I love watching the skateboarding, the yep. surfing, yeah, um, and a little bit of the table tennis. Yeah, mate, it's been those good. Table tennis players, mate, the way they hit it, unbelievable, and that's especially the doubles. I don't know yeah. how they fit doubles <laughs> on that table tennis. I know it's pretty incredible. But, um, it's been great, as we said before, been great watching some sports that you don't usually. Um, aren't usually able to watch. So it's Definitely. been really great seeing some other athletes. No, no, it's also been good, as you said, to see those new additional sports as well, such as um, surfing and skateboarding. Yeah, yeah, it's been great to see. Um, last question is, who's going to win in the big clash for the football for the women's, the USA or the Matildas? Who's who's basically going through there? You know what? I'm going to go both will make it. I'm going to go a draw tomorrow night. I think, right. I think they'll. I think they will both get through. I think. I think Australia will probably come through third, though. I think USA will get second. Sweden obviously through and through and first. Um, but I'm going to go because, as much as I obviously you want to see the Matildas do, but I would love to see the USA still there in the deeper rounds because they're such a good team to watch. Um, and some of those big clashes, you got the Dutch, the Brazilians, you got the Great Britain team, you got some great teams in the other groups. So it'd be great to see some of those big. Uh, countries coming together um especially at the pointy end of the competition so i'm going to go a draw tomorrow night both teams to qualify oh team usa all the way but we'll have to see we'll have to see definitely but usa all the way <laughs> no i know i know your heart will be there john so uh, you'll be bleeding usa tomorrow night but that brings to the end another episode of behind the lights with me seb and me Jonna. as always thank you for your support and good night <laughs>